This is the Better Workplaces, Better World podcast, where important topics for today's workplaces are discussed. Brought to you by Workforce Readiness Arizona Sure. Here's your host, Sherry Smith. So hi, Brandy. How are you? Hey, Sherry. Doing well. How are you doing? Great, great. We are here with Brandy Farrar with Pathfinder Strategies. So you are all the way up in Spokane, Washington. Yes, yes. It's beautiful here. A little, little smoky, but uh, but not too bad. Not too bad. Glad everybody's safe. And um, I wanted to go over your business with you. Like, can you tell us a little bit about what Pathfinder Strategies is about? Oh, absolutely. So Pathfinder Strategies is a leadership and performance consultancy company. Uh, we've been in business for about 10 years now, and we love, well, primarily we work with companies that have 200 or more employees, and we absolutely love working with leaders in operations, in HR and training and development to help them keep their, their best people and keep them performing at their best. Great. Um, I know you've been doing this for quite some time yeah, yeah. and you have a pretty extensive history with, with uh, working in leadership. Do you want to talk about your background a little bit with that? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so like I said, 10 years in a consultancy role and then 10 years in a corporate environment before that. Um, largely, I was involved with uh, mergers and acquisitions, um, product development, um, mostly in the finance industry. And then I kind of shifted and went into corporate training and leadership development programs and, and coaching. And that's really where um, I got my start as a consultant. Yeah, I remember sitting in on a workshop for Sherm GT and you talking about that a little bit in your background and how you got started. And I just was fascinated because you and I kind of do some similar work in, in um, the business world. So we're really super excited to have you and, and for you to be able to share your expertise and your knowledge with our audience. And your topic is going to be on accountability in the workplace. Why this topic and accountability? Yeah. So the reason that I wanted to write about accountability, the reason that I talk so much about accountability is because it's such a prevalent thing. Right? So when somebody calls us, they call us because they're having retention issues or there's an issue on the team, there's some kind of conflict. And as we were going through and, and doing needs assessments with our clients, we we saw accountability issues all the way from the, the top down. And, and what I mean by that is we might be having a conversation with the senior leadership team and they would say things to us like, wow, the reason that we can't keep people in, in this position is because our managers are not doing their jobs. So we would go and talk to the managers like, hey, tell us what's going on. Like, oh, senior leadership isn't giving us the tools and the training that we need. So there was a whole lot of sort of finger pointing going on, a lot of blame. And when that happens, we're not able to focus on the work that matters, right? We get wrapped up in we go down these rabbit holes of, okay, whose fault is this? And what's the real issue? And I just thought, man, it would be so much easier <laughs> if we could address some of these things up front. Um, so the book that the, the accountability book I wrote is largely to bring light to these accountability issues in the workplace and also to provide some pretty straightforward actions that anyone could take to boost personal and leadership accountability. And what does it mean to be accountable, Randy? Yeah, so being accountable is all about how you respond to and take ownership of the results or outcome of your decisions, performance, and actions. So it's owning your stuff. <laughs> 
You know, I love that you say that because I have a hard time describing that too, because a lot of people, you might find this with your work, um, a lot of people describe accountability as responsibility. And it's very different. It's 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 like you said, owning your stuff. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you want to go into a deeper dive with that and what that means or yeah. So, so I'll give you an example from like my earliest work experience. So my, my very first job was I worked at a, at a pizza place and I ran the cash register. I was thus responsible for the money in that drawer, <laughs> right? So I was responsible for um, greeting customers, taking their order, making change, all of, all of that. At the end of the day, when my manager counted my drawer, whatever was in there was what I was accountable for. Right. So I was responsible. Everything else leading up to that was my responsibility. Um, the accountability was the result. Right. And the result was how much money is in my drawer at the end of my shift. <laughs> That's kind of the difference between responsibility and accountability. And I, and I will say this as well. When things are going really well, accountability is easy. Right. Like when you're hitting all the marks and all the KPIs, it's like, woo, high five and we're wonderful. It's when it's when the cash register drawer is off. It's when the deadlines are missed or the project goes off the rails. That's when accountability becomes a challenge. And that's what you were saying earlier. That's when people start pointing the fingers because then who's going to own this? It, we're all responsible on some level, right? Especially as teams, but who really owns it? Um, and what is, so you were talking about in your book, high accountability versus low accountability. Can you tell us what that looks like? Yes, absolutely. And, and let me just thank you for asking that question because Oftentimes we talk about the accountability as this, this concept and we all just kind of know what it means and we're operating from this series of assumptions. A lot of times we don't explore, okay, this is an accountable behavior, this is a not accountable behavior. So low accountability is characterized by things like blame, finger pointing, uh, making excuses, deflecting. So uh, you might hear someone say like, well, that's not my job or Sherry didn't give me all the information. So I, I couldn't put the report together. Those are low accountability examples. Now, conversely, high accountability is characterized by candid, proactive communication by keeping your word. And again, taking ownership of the results of your performance uh, decisions and work products. So a lot of times with high accountability, what you'll see is you'll see things like, oh, you know what? This was my project. I, I totally missed this. Let's address this and let's move on. Or um, even, even asking questions like, hey, wait a minute. What's, you use this acronym, Sherry. What does that mean? By the way, you hear my dogs barking. Do you want me? <laughs> no, it's totally fine. Okay. Okay. Um, so, so accountability or high accountability is, is just that, right? It's yes, this is mine. I own this asking those tough questions and, and communicating in a way that's proactive and candid. Yeah. And so how does low accountability and high accountability affect business results at the end of the day? Yep. So, um, at the end of the day, when, when you are dealing with a low accountability environment, what tends to happen is it does not feel safe or comfortable, right? Um, if you if you don't feel comfortable saying, whoops, I made a mistake or I have this question, then it's very difficult to, to own up to stuff, right? It's hard to be accountable in those situations. Oftentimes, these environments are um, full of suspicion, right? I don't trust my coworkers because I think they're going to throw me in the bus or my boss is trash talking me in leadership meetings. 
um, there tends to be a move toward CYA. So in a low accountability environment, first of all, it doesn't feel safe. It doesn't feel comfortable. I don't feel comfortable owning up to a mistake. I don't feel comfortable asking those questions. So guess what? I'm not. Um, also, there's an element of fear, right? I'm fearful that um, my, my manager is going to trash talk me or my team member is going to throw me under the bus for this, that, and the other. So communication shifts to um, being very CYA, very cover your ass. <laughs> um, so instead of being able to pick up the phone and, and talk to a member of my team and resolve something in two minutes, now I find myself writing 17 paragraph long emails with the intention of, oh, I got to make sure if something goes wrong, the blame can be pointed to me. It's not going to be my fault. Um, so in those situations, of course, relationships are very guarded. Um, they're very transactional and it's hard to get the work done, right? Because we're now we're all wrapped up in all of these other things. And our focus is, I just got to, I got to self-preserve. I'm just going to keep my head down and get stuff done. No, not a lot of room for collaboration or creativity in those kind of environments, right? Now, conversely, in a high environment or a high accountability uh, environment, you're going to see trust and confidence. And, and Sherry, I'll, I'll give you a quick example of this. So in my corporate life a million years ago, um, I, I messed something up. Right. I made a, a pretty costly mistake, $10,000 mistake that the company was going to have to eat. And when I learned about this mistake, my first inclination was, oh man, like, oh man, I, what, what happened is, can I blame it on the system? Can I, somebody else to blame? I was, I was uh, a little nervous and apprehensive about going into my manager's office and, and letting him know, like, hey, I messed this up. But ultimately, that's exactly what I did. I went in and his response was was the best response possible. He said, you know what, Brandy, I, I really appreciate you bringing this to my attention proactively, right? Like it's so much better than we're having this conversation versus me finding out about this two weeks from now. He said, second of all, you've, you've really brought to light an issue with this process. So this, the mistake that's been made is a mistake that could have been made by anybody. So, so now let's fix it. Let's make sure that no one else makes this same mistake. So that's what he charged me with. He said, okay, so now you get to go and shore up this process and train the rest of us on how to do it. Like, okay, cool. So the whole conversation took like 10 minutes and it was an easy, well, easier conversation because we were in a high accountability environment. My manager and I had a relationship of trust and confidence in one another. Um, I felt comfortable. I wasn't excited, but I felt comfortable going in and having a candid conversation with him about what had happened and taking ownership of that. Um, and, and we fixed the problem, like real time. We fixed the problem. So we didn't waste a bunch of time and energy, you know, falling down the rabbit hole of whose problem is this and whose fault is this? We resolved it and we moved on. So that's what a high accountability looks like. So you have a lot more collaboration. You have a lot more room for innovation because you're not being driven by fear. You're not sort of worried about that self-preservation piece. Yes. And fear is a big component. I think that's the secret sauce, you know, because um, your boss, I can, I can tell where some people might, you know, 
bite their nails thinking, oh, I can't go to my manager for that, you know, because, you know, I don't trust them or I might get fired or they might, you know, <laughs> throw the book at me. So mm-hmm. I think that is a big key to a high accountability um, environment. And one of the things, um, you know, we talked about like the value of accountability. What is most people understand that? Um, and but they don't it doesn't always show up in how people behave. Why, why do you think that is? Yeah. So there's three three big reasons that high accountability can be a challenge. Uh, the first of which is um, kind of like kind of like what we've been talking about. When something goes wrong, there's this inclination to I got to look outside of myself, right? I got to look at the system or my coworker or this other department screwed something up. It couldn't have been me. Like I did everything I was supposed to do. Um, so we forget to first self-reflect and say, okay, you know what? Did I do everything I could do to make sure that all my stuff was taken care of? Did I ask for help? Did I support others? Did I provide that coaching? Um, and, and we see this a lot, especially with newer leaders um, that there's this focus on, well, I got to hold my team accountable and then kind of forget to look at, at yourself first, right? So that's that's a big piece. The second thing that makes high accountability challenging is um, lack of clarity in roles, responsibilities, and expectations. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a, an example of this. Um, there was a, an HR department and the director came and there's a, 13 people in this department. The director came into a meeting and said, okay, uh, we're gonna we're gonna uh, revamp new hire orientation. Mm-hmm. Ready, go. <laughs> I was like, yeah. didn't give any guidance in terms of desired outcomes or roles and responsibilities or really anything. So here's 13 people who all wanted to be part of this project and wanted to do a good job, but weren't sure on what exactly they were supposed to be doing, what their role was and didn't know how to figure that out as a group. And they weren't getting a lot of guidance from their director. So ultimately, guess what happened with that project? It failed. Yeah, like nothing happened with a project. It never even got off the Nothing happened, right? (laughs) And then the third third thing that makes things so challenging is exactly what you said before, Sherry. It's fear, right? And and that comes into play in a couple different ways. So it's fear of, um, you know, getting fired or that your your boss is going to freak out at you. It's fear of um, getting thrown under the bus by a coworker or colleague. And it's also fear of, man, I don't want to look incompetent. Mm-hmm. I don't want to look like I don't know what I'm doing. So I'm just not going to say anything and maybe nobody will find out. So those are the, those are the three biggest things that we see most often as being barriers to high accountability. Yeah, because sometimes it can just be us, right? Like um, confirmation bias. If we have any kind of self doubt, we that can really creep up in our in our minds. Even if we have a very supportive manager in team, sometimes it can be us, you know. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> that lack of accountability. So, what are some things that you can recommend to um, for us to take and boost our personal accountability today? Yeah, absolutely. So the very first piece is self-reflect. <laughs> self-reflect <laughs> first. When things when things get off the rail, and let me be clear, I'm not suggesting that high accountability means, well, I just have to take ownership of everything. That's not what I mean. What I mean is before looking externally, ask yourself, and, that, and there's actually a great resource on the website with, I think, 10 or 12 questions about 
Did I communicate as effectively as I could? Did I ask for feedback? Did I seek clarity? And, and really start with that because a lot of times when things get off the rails, it's not just one thing, right? It's right. And there's always an opportunity to grow and do better the next time when those things happen. The second, the second um, practice that is really, really important in high accountability, and it's so simple, is candid, proactive communication. Mm -hmm. uh, I mentioned that, you know, when I went and talked to my manager with that mistake, um, I was very candid. And I, I didn't wait to be found out, right? So, so this can be little things as well. You know, Sherry, if, if, you, um, if you tell a client, um, hey, I'm going to have this report to you by 5 o'clock on Friday. And you, you know at 10 o'clock on Thursday morning, you're looking at your schedule. There's no way. There's no way I'm going to get this done. Candid, proactive communication is picking up the phone and calling that client and, and letting them know, like, hey, um, I will have this to you on Monday. Thanks for your patience. And, you know, I'll, I'll take good care of it for you. That's that candid, candid, proactive communication. This is so important because when, when we communicate in this way, we're resetting expectations and we're putting ourselves in a position to where we can, um, we can still keep our word, right? Which is a huge accountability behavior. Yeah. So what about leaders? What are, what's one action that leaders can take to improve accountability with their teams or um, within their organizations? Yep. So I'll give you, I'll give you two. Um, number one, that safe environment is incredibly important. Um, without feeling comfortable um, asking questions or sharing ideas or, or saying like, whoops, I dropped the ball on that, accountability cannot exist. And that is largely the responsibility of the leader to, to create and sustain that. Secondly, um, model the behavior. <laughs> if you're speaking to your teams, well, you know, we, we, um, our team value is we own accountability, right? Or we, we own it. Um, but you're going into management meetings and trash talking the people on your teams, or you're accepting um, people coming into your office and trash talking one another, then you're not modeling that behavior. So you, ha you have to model that behavior in order to, um, to have your teams follow suit. Right. Um, you know, it's funny that you say that about it. I think it's going to fold in nicely to our theme for Arizona Sherm next year, our live conference, which is going to be psychological safety. Um, because it's so foundational for so many things, and that is a great place for leaders to start. Um, what about where can we find your book? Yeah, so um, the book is called uh, the book is called Own It: Be Accountable and Inspire uh, Confidence, Performance, and Leadership. It is available on Amazon. Um, it's also on the Pathfinder Strategies website, which is pathfinder-strategies.com. Um, if you if you go to the the Pathfinder website and and you find this resource, there's actually a whole page full of accountability resources. So I encourage everyone to to check that out. There's a reflection guide and um, after action review and some other cool stuff. Oh, great! Well, how exciting! And I know that you do other work to support accountability in the workplace. What other services do you offer? Yep. So we offer one-to-one uh, -one coaching for leaders. We also offer workshops. And in cases where um, organizations really want to make this a big part of their culture, we offer customized programs for our clients as well. 
Okay, fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Brandy. I can't wait to read your book. And I think you have one out and one on its way, right? Yeah, so the accountability book is out. And right now I'm working on another book about management and leadership. So more to come on that. Okay, well, I can't wait to read both of them. So thank you so much for your time and stay safe in Washington. And we look forward to seeing you this quarter coming up, this um, fall winter quarter. So between October and December, you're going to be doing a workshop. Do you want to highlight the um, date and time? It's December 8th at um, 2 o'clock Arizona time. And that will be uh, in a webinar format, I believe. Yes, definitely. Okay. Well, thank you again. And um, I guess we will see you December 8th. All right. Sounds good. Thanks so much, Sherry. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Better Places, Better World podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. In the meantime, follow us on iTunes and find free resources at azshrm.com. That's azshrm.com. Until next time.